0: In order to prepare our hearts for the proclaiming of God's word, let's turn to the book of Romans. I'll be reading out of the 12th chapter, verses 9 and 10. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another In showing honor. This is the word of God. Father, by the power of your spirit, we would see Jesus. May that be so now and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we saw that in the first uh, 11 chapters of the book of Romans... Paul has told us of God's great gift of the gospel. He has turned it around, upside down, and sideways. And now, starting with the 12th chapter, he is going into an excursus on the Christian life what we can give back to the Lord. The Christian life is a way of life, it's a living, it's being called into a family first five verses, starting with 9, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, have 13 exhortations in them. This morning we're going to look at the first three, the three that occur in verse 9. Right off the bat, Paul says, let love be genuine, let it be unfettered, let it be real. Love is always central. Jesus said, love others as I have loved you, and Paul List the gifts of the Spirit in Galatians 5. The first is love. in 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love is crucial. love is central. Love is the beginning and end of the Christian life. But here Paul describes it as being unhypocritical, critical. Let your love be unhypocritical with all of the ways. He could have introduced love with its majesty and grandeur and joy and centrality. Why this way at this time? Why is his mind even thinking of that? Let your love be unhypocritical. I think if you let your eyes run back up to verse 3, you'll see the answer why. He says, don't esteem yourself greater than one another. A hypocrite is one who is concerned with his outside appearance, what he or she looks like, what they're about. Unhypocritical love is letting what God has started inside be seen outside. A hypocrite is always preoccupied with what impression they're making, what the external appearance is like shared with you before my father's ministry to me, saying, Johnny, you wouldn't be so concerned about what other people think of you if you just realized how little they do. (laughs) One commentator puts it this way, "Hypocrisy, hypocrisy is driven by the craving for other people to make much of us. In the sixth chapter of Matthew, Jesus said, when you pray... You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Don't be hypocritical. Be genuine, real. Let your your heart and your mind and your self-identity be focused on Christ, be stayed on Christ. Unhypocritical love is love which understands and sees in Christ all that we need for our self identity and for our joy and for our deepest satisfaction. Genuine love is forgetful, or rather it focuses on Christ. Let's look at him for everything we need. By the way, just an insertion, this is one of those texts that just preaches itself, so I'm trying to get out of the way. If it's right here, let your love be genuine. Then second, the text goes on, hate what is evil. When I did something wrong and was uh, found out by my parents, I would regularly apologize. I felt awful about it. And my mother would regularly say, Johnny, you're not sorry for what you did. You're sorry that you got caught. And there was some truth to that. No one is faithfully formed in Christ who only fears the consequences of evil. Let me repeat that. No one is faithfully formed in Christ who primarily fears the consequences of evil. It saddens me that increasingly in our culture and in our society, we seem to be regularly entertained by evil. Love means passionately to hate evil. Not because of what we'll get from it. Not because of the consequences of it. Because of what it is. God hates evil because he is holy. We are to hate evil not because of its consequences, but because we love God. And because we love holiness. We need to hate evil abstain from it, flee from it, and not just when it swells to its consummation, but even in in its inception, in its small points. We hate it because God hates it, and we hate God. And then at the end of verse 9, Paul says, Hold fast to what is good. The verb there means cleave, cling to, stick, bond. It's the same word that is used for marriage. A man shall leave his mother and father and bond and cleave and cling to his wife. uh, It's the word which means glue, to glue together. I'm fascinated by some of the glue ads I see. You just put a drop on a piece of metal and put another piece of metal on top of it, and it will lift a truck. That's really being stuck together. That's bound. That's bonded. Be stuck to agathos, that which is good, inherently good, genuinely good, qualitatively good. It's uh, what the psalmist gives an excursus on in Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That's exactly the process that happens, isn't it? We walk in a direction and then we stand for a while and take it in and then we sit and enjoy it. But the psalmist goes on and says, but the delight of the righteous person, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. This is a straightforward text. Hate evil. Love good. Hate evil. Love good. Paul gives his counsel in Philippians 4 and the 8th verse. Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue or praise on these things, think on them. Cleave on what is good. And preeminently we get that in the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 12 opened. Saying, in light of the mercies of God, in light of the great gifts and the great gospel that we have rehearsed for 11 chapters, Present your bodies, which is to say your whole self, as living offerings of living sacrifices. And we are just at the outset of seeing spelled out what that means. It means love others, love God, love yourself to the very fullest part of your capacity. It means hate what is evil in a consistent way and as a pattern of your life. It means cling closely to what is good and don't ever let yourself get spotted or tainted by it because we know that its stain can destroy us so deeply and hurt us so completely. Flee from it. (coughs) I read a biography of Billy Graham once and was struck by the sentence. He said, I've lived my life in the fear. didn't particularly like that, the fear, but he said, I've lived my life in the fear that I would do something that would bring bring discredit on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He hated evil. He hates evil. And wanted to cling with his life to what is good. We love genuinely, we hate evil, and we stick to what is good. Those of you who have uh, also thrilled to Lord of the Rings might remember what that story is all about. It's about a ring which supposedly the bearer and wearer of it, by wearing of it, can have absolute power. And it was wrought, it was forged by evil forces. And what has to be learned is that if you use that ring to defi- to, 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 to defeat evil, to try to defeat evil, you will become evil yourself. The only way to defeat evil is through weakness, through sacrificial love. That's the picture that we're given this morning, that we're to cling to and to gather around. One of my favorite memories from childhood is our family dinner table, father, mother, sister, brother, I. We all had our places, and because of that we knew who we were, our identity, and we laughed together and told stories together and loved together and fought together around that table. Together we are called around the table of the king to remember him, to feast on him, to follow him. May it be so, as I invite the deacons to come and wait on us as we observe this supper.
1: Living and holy God,
0: we are awed by the proclamation of your life and love. We see it around this table in the oldest picture of who you are and who we are before you. Needy, frail, sinful creatures come before a radiant, glorious, altogether good, giving God. May we take you in And may we share you with others. In Jesus' name.